Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin to talk about Hearts 4-0 win over Wraith Rovers. How glad we are that this season is over. We look ahead to next season and we chat a little about our Player of the Year nominees. Good performance, end of the season, you know, teams could probably, you know, decide to down tools after they win the league. I mean, we haven't done that. Um, Gary McKay Stevens scoring two of the goals. Um, how important has he been the last few games, Calvin? Yeah, he's been very good. He's been the sort of player I thought we were going to sign the last the last two games. It seems that he's you know he's got a bit up to speed. Whether or not that was just because he was out, he was out of fitness, out of sharpness, or whatever. Maybe it's because the pressure's off as well. Like, I don't know if that's because I think the thing with Kai Stephen, he was sort of like a, a marquee signing. If you like, when he came in in January, you looked at him like this is like that's a bit of a statement of intent. And I don't know if that he hadn't played for a while. They've sort of the expectation on his shoulders from Hearts fans. He didn't get off to a great start, as I think everyone could agree. And I think it possibly started piling on more and more. It got inside his own head a bit or something. Got his first goal the other week. And I think since since then, like, he's definitely definitely been really good. And the sort of goals he's been scoring, it's, it's what you expected from him, the sort of player you thought we were signing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I just hope he kicked on. Obviously, it's came at the wrong time, it's right at the end of the season, so he's now got to go on, it's now another quite extended break he's got to go through, but hopefully he can pick up at the start of next season and carry on, carry on with us, because if he, if he does, it's an unbelievable signing for us. Gordon, firstly, Mackay Stephen, I mean, played like the sort of player that we expected to see, hasn't he? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, you know, I heard Robbie Nielsen talking about it, that I think he thrives more when he can get more um, more space to play. And I think he'll definitely get that in the top flight. So, um, you know, Nielsen also commented as well on, on the surfaces that he was playing on. I, I don't buy the excuse, but you can also see it from his point of view as well, uh, from Mackay Steen's point of view. I mean, um, it can be difficult, I think, for flair players, uh, skillful, tricky players to maybe play on that sort of surface. I mean, you've seen how, um, I mean, listen, he's, he's all, all four of his goals really took really well. I know the fourth one was more of a tap-in, but it was it was good positioning from him. Um, I mean, he should have certainly probably had a hat-trick on, on Friday there. But, I mean, you know, you look at the, the goals that he scored in the Inverness game, particularly the first one, was a fantastic bit of play and it was a really good finish. And, and he found himself in, in a really, uh, in a lot of space there on, on Friday. Uh, and it was a really good finish uh, from him. And that's what you need to see. And, and you've got to maybe question, well, I think everybody thought he was going to be brought in as a winger, but it looks to me more that he's probably more suited to that maybe number 10 kind of role. Um, if you give him the freedom to sort of, um, you know, if he needs to, to go out wide to get the ball, but if he needs to come inside to get it, I think he's, he's got the ability to, to make up, to make space for himself and to create a little bit. And, and obviously you've, you've seen there that he can finish. So I think, uh, I think he'll be a big player for Hearts next season. Certainly hope so anyway. Um, I think his problem maybe in his career, particularly I think what frustrated uh, people at Aberdeen was that he was maybe just too inconsistent. You know, for every uh, two, three good games he would have, he'd maybe have a bad one. Um, but you know, you can live with that. Um, but I think I think the the big thing for us is it's options. So if he is having a bad day, you've got somebody in there that can can come on and and maybe replace him. So. Yeah, I think I think we should be encouraged by the the end of the season. I think if he hadn't produced in those last two games, then you know you can maybe be arguing that that he might end up getting emptied in in the summer. So um, I think he's definitely done himself no harm there. 
And uh, I think he will be a big player for us uh, this the, the, the next season anyway. Has the new formation helped Calvin, you know, players like Hugh Henderson, for example, as well? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the new formations, obviously, you can see it in the results. Because um, though we all knew we, we, we ranted about enough on this show, and I think every Hearts fan agreed that like, what we were doing previously wasn't working. I mean, two wins and nine in the Championship kind of proved that point. It should have changed earlier, whether or not it's because we didn't have the personnel to change it earlier. Bringing in Shea Logan allowed them to play, switch the wing-backs. Ewan Henderson's been a bit of a revelation since they changed. A player that I'd sort of I'd completely, I mean, completely written off at Hearts. I thought there's no chance he's good. Now, I still am not overly convinced, but he's he's not done himself any harm the last couple of weeks. Um, but I say the whole the whole shift in, in formation has suited us because we're not conceding stupid goals like we were. The defence looks a lot more solid. We look a lot more attacking. Again, I don't know if that comes with the fact that there's no pressure on us anymore. Now, obviously, the league's over. It's done and dusted. Players can go out and play with a bit more freedom. But in this league against the teams we're playing against, I feel we should have been playing these. I mean, the, the last few results, the last Martin aside, like, you get those sort of random ones, but the last three out of the last four results have blown teams out the water. And that's kind of what I expected every week. Because we started off the season like that. You know, we started off absolutely hammering and Dundee. Um, and you sort of went on and thought, right, this, this is how, how we're going to do it because we're playing against far inferior teams to ourselves. And then we just sort of, Started, sort of hit a bad patch and when like it's probably what frustrated Hearts fans most is we all see it wasn't working so we can see it's not working the manager and it's, it took him so long to address it that it just got annoying now he has addressed it it's worked I only wish he just I just wish he'd done it before the Scottish Cup like you know I, I just wish we'd, we'd done something earlier because we could all see what was going on at that point in time so yeah it's, it's definitely helped a, a lot of players I think obviously the Nicola John Suter is a massive one in terms of the overall defensive stability because I think we'd criticise the centre-halves on here more than most positions because it was getting comical at times. Um, and yeah, even bringing in somebody like Shea Logan who I was very sceptical at the time about the need for that signing. Um, but what's the point in bringing in a guy at his age on a semi-alright wage for a couple of games in a league that was already won but it has allowed us to change that form- change to the new formation and improved us massively. I'm not saying Shea Logan's the reason we've improved massively, but he's allowed us to play a different style that's improved us massively. I think I think I think the defense is is it's a lot more street smart now. It's a lot more experienced. Um there's a better blend there now. I think with Smith moving over, um it gives kind of more protection at that back three and it allows sort of the wing backs to, to to push on. I think obviously you know Kingsley would inevitably be playing if he if he was fit, but I mean credit to, to Halliday because I think when he has stepped in at left back, um, he's well left wing back. I think he, it suited him a lot more. I think we've seen sort of better performances from him, um, and it's allowed kind of more freedom in the middle of the park because I mean, I mean, that's a lot of people had been critical of his performances. I thought, you know, I thought some of it was harsh. To be honest with you, I didn't think he was the worst player. Uh, uh, you know, out of the lot, he did take a lot of the brunt of the criticism. Um, but I think what what it's done is you know because I still think he, he's he's got a, a big part to play in the the squad and it's good that he's versatile enough to move over to to left wing back and and put in a, a performance um, there. But it's also allowed you know Peter Harren to come back into the team and and we had been shouting from the rooftops for ages to get a fit Peter Harren back in there um, and it shows you the absolute difference it, it it makes because I mean you see guys like Macaneth as well you know it's it's given him a lot more freedom to express himself and. You know, he's scored a couple of goals uh, towards the end of the season there as well. He's looked a lot kind of fresher and, and 
been involved a lot more. You know, Mackay Stephen over the last couple of weeks as well, as, as we mentioned, has, has started to come on to a game a little bit. Um, you mentioned Henderson there as well. I'm, I'm the same same as you, Calvin, that I'm not quite sure if, if he will make it at Hearts, but credit to him because he scored a, a, a brilliant goal. Um, you know, it was a fantastic bit of skill just to take it away from the defender onto his uh, onto his other foot and just and, and whip it right um, right into the, the back of the net. I mean, he had missed an absolute sitter a couple of minutes before it. If anything, it was an easier chance. But uh, but credit to him, he kept his head up and he got his goal in the end. And I thought it was a good performance from him. Um, but I think going forward, you know, we'll, we'll need to strengthen, I think, that forward line anyway. Um, I'd like us to add another striker in there that will give us more options. Um, you know, Nandalee was obviously out injured uh, the weekend there and, and that's how Henderson got his opportunity and, and credit to him he took it. But I still think we need more depth up front. Um, you know, you need more options. I mean, Boyce, I'll, I'll guarantee you goals, absolutely. But I think we, we could do another. You know, that's why I would go and, go and sign Kyle Lafferty personally. I think he would. Uh, I think he'd make sense on a number of levels because he gives you different options and he guarantees you goals. Um, and add him in there because I still think Nandali as well. I think we'll, we'll we'll grab us a few goals next season. I think he'll be a big player as as will Boyce. I don't think we need to do too much to that forward line. Um, I would just like to add. I would just like to see us add more kind of pace and power. But I'll repeat myself again. I think it's quality over quantity this summer, and I just hope that we. I just hope Nielsen doesn't fall into the trap that he's, you know, that happened the last time when we went up and he just signed too much shite. Um, when in reality, I think he's he's got the makings of a decent squad there. He just needs to add more more pace and power. Um, but I thought his comment about uh, not every signing is going to be Pele, I think was stupid the other day there. And that worries me when he's coming out with crap like that. But I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> that. that later on in the show but um, yeah I think we definitely need to to add to to the forward areas but it's encouraging anyway Good to see Stephen Naismith scoring as well do you think this will be one of his last games for Hearts? Yeah I think he's hinted at himself that he's, uh, he's considering retirement he doesn't seem the sort of person that would just chuck statements like that out Naismith but I think you can see it with him that his legs aren't out there anymore and I think for a guy who sets such an incredibly high bar for himself, I think once he starts falling below that, he's not going to be happy. I don't think he's ever going to be sort of perhaps happy just to sit around and pick up a wage and just sit on the bench, make the odd sub up here and think he's... I think maybe it's just his attitude, but he seems like the sort of player that would make a good coach. I think he probably fancies moving into a coaching role and developing, maybe helping develop young players or whatever, but he's... Um, yeah, he's, I think he sets himself an incredibly high standard and he'll know himself that he can't it's not his fault, it's just it's just what happens with age. Unfortunately, he can't he can't play to the level he's played at. I was actually speaking this speaking about this in the pub the other day where like Naismith is probably one of the most intelligent footballers I've seen at Hearts ever. I one of the best players I've seen at Hearts um, in terms of his overall ability. And it's, it's it's quite a shame watching him now because he, he's still got you've still seen it in moments this season like his hat trick against our broke two five minute hat trick and you go like that's still a really good football player and like he still scores goals and it's just he's not going to do it consistently enough. I think for his own sanity, I can't see him being happy to just be a bit part player. I think he'd rather just walk away completely. I think he's almost possibly too proud to to sort of steal away for the wrong word, but to kind of get paid for doing nothing really because he'll be one of the highest earners at Hearts, if not if not the highest earner at Hearts. 
Um, so I think I think if his own thing, I could see him moving into a coaching role at Hearts. I'd, I'd be quite happy, quite happy for him to move into a coaching role at Hearts. He seems like the sort of guy that might make a really good manager one day. He seems to, as I said, football intelligence is probably the best I've seen it as. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not convinced that Hearts next season like that could quite possibly be his last goal and his last the uh, last game. It might, he might drop down the leagues. You never know. He might go back, try and go back to Kelly for a year or something. Because I, I think we as a I think. I say he's a cracking player, but I think we'd be quite happy to free up that sort of wage. Speaking as a fan, I like I'd love to see him stay. I'd love to see Naismith be amazing, but I think in terms of the money he's on for what he's going to offer us over the next season, I think you'd have to if, if there was an offer to go somewhere else, I think we'd have to seriously consider it. So he might try and go for a swan song at air, not air, sorry, Kelly. Um, but aside from that, no, I think he might retire. Yeah, I I I, I get the feeling that he might he might stay for another season. Um, I think he would. I think he would be worth keeping. Um, particularly uh, as you mentioned there, I think um, you know we, we're a club that gives sort of players, you know, the opportunity to move into coaching uh, quite a lot. Former players and things like that. I've, I've already jumped into the coaching role, and I think he will be a part of the Hearts coaching team going forward. I think he's already started uh, with the under 18s. Um, I could see him absolutely being a future Hearts manager. I think what he gives Hearts, he almost is a coach at the moment. I mean, you see him on the pitch, he's influenced and things like that. He has on the players, he's always talking, he's always, you know, he, he's a guy who demands high standards to the players. And I think, you know, t- I mean, I think we're short in leaders as it is. So I think it's important that we, we kind of convince him to stay for another year. I think he personally will stay for another year. I don't think he'll want to go out on the back of a, a championship season with no fans. I think he'll... I think he still. I mean, listen. You only need to look back to the Scottish Cup final, and he played 120 minutes, and then still stepped up and scored his penalty. I mean, the guy deserved to lift the trophy for his performance that afternoon. Um, for me, he's for the big games. He can still he can still do it. I think the problem with Naismith this season is he's he tries to do it all, and uh, you know, I, like you say, he's a proud guy. I think. Just now, because of the, the age that he's at and, and probably his level that he's at, his injury record, he should just be there to concentrate on doing what he does best. And that, for me, is scoring goals. Um, You know, I mean, you've seen him. He was on the park for five minutes and he got himself in the box and, and it was a cute little finish to to basically kill the game, really, at that point. I think, you know, if you if you have a Naismith in there, you know, if you're needing a goal, with 10, 20 minutes to go and you you put him on there, I think he'll get you. I think when he's having to come deep and get the ball and all that sort of thing, I think that's when uh, you don't necessarily get the the, the influence of Stephen Naismith that, that you really want to get out of him. Um, but it just shows you what a, a team player he is. I think, like you say, he's, he's got those high standards and I think as a proud guy, it, it probably wanes on him. I, I remember me and Ross went along to um, just before uh, the, pan, the pandemic hit um, and it was an evening um, with Stendhal and, and him, and he was there, and, and he spoke about how after his kind of first bad injury at Hearts, um, after he was out for a period of long, a period of time, he didn't think he was going to come back from that. He thought that that was his Hearts career basically over, and that he would end up going down the leagues. He, he didn't he didn't think he he would he'd get himself back, and it just shows you that type of thinking when it comes into a guy like, you know, Naismith's head, you know, he's a proud guy. Wasn't that long ago he's playing in the Premier League and he thought he was finished. Um, For me, I think 
even though he, he's a really proud guy and he, he he's a leader on the park, I think sometimes he needs an, a, an arm round his shoulder as well just to say, listen, you know, we can still get a lot out of you. And I think maybe that's just weighed on his head a little bit. I think, you know, once he sits down with the manager in, in the summer, I think he'll, and I've already heard Nielsen say that as well, you know, it'll be up to, to Naismith what he wants to do, but he's, he's, he's earned the right to do that, but we want to keep him. And I think when when all is said and done, I think he'll stay on for another year. I think this will be his last season. I do, but um, I think he'll be here next season. And uh, and I hope so, because, you know, he deserves to go out with uh, a thunderous round of applause. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'd love to see him lift a trophy uh, as captain. But, you know, who who knows? A real trophy, not that tin pot championship. I was just about to say that for your, for your, your fat check. I've got to do it for because I'm the presenter and I'm, an, and I'm annoying. Um, looking ahead then to next season, I mean, firstly, how glad are we that this season's over? I mean, is it a bit bittersweet that we didn't actually go and get to see a game at Tincastle or or anywhere this season? I mean, I think it's the first time, I was saying to my, my dad, it was the first time in about 10 years, I think, that I've not actually watched a game of football um, over a season, like watching like a game live type thing. I mean... It, has there been a bit? Has it been quite annoying that we've not been able to actually get to any games? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of things about this last year that've been annoying. That we've not been able to do football is one of them because it's kind of what we sort of live for. Maybe that's not the right word, but it's probably my main hobby is going to the football, and you definitely miss it. Um, some of the performances, I'm not convinced on performances, but it happened. There've been fans at the ground. To be honest, I think the players really got rock up their arse long before, long before they managed to like, the standard slip to what they had. Um, but yeah, no, it's gotten to not been able to get to him. I think because there's some players who deserve, like, gone to the some players who did deserve to have fans on the ground. Like, Josh Janelli is one who, when he played this season, was phenomenal. A guy that kind of deserves to have people have fans watching him and applauding him. I think, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm glad the season's over. Don't get me wrong. Like, the season was torture. But it was torture for a lot of even watching it on, watching it on, a laptop or on the telly with no fans about it. It's not the same, right? It, it, they're not once the sort of oh, I'm really glad the football's back and we've got something forward on a Saturday. Once that novelty wore off and it wore off pretty quick after the semi-final for me anyway. It, it was just kind of you were going through the motions. Like I watched the Martin game the other night and and all that was just you, you just saw almost counting down the minutes that was finished. Um probably I was paying more attention to what was going on with the Super League falling apart it was actually to the game. Whereas you know if you were at the games, you wouldn't do that sort of stuff. Um, but no, it was, it was a bit of sweet. It's, it's probably the right word to use. I'm glad it's over, but I would have liked to have gotten a game this season. Definitely, just more for just a bit of normality than anything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. It would have been nice to, to get back into the ground just to have that a bit of normality more than anything, really. But um, yeah, I think... I think uh, I think every Hearts fan's glad to see the end of the season. You know, there's no big celebration of reflection or anything like that. You know, it was job done. Um, yes, it could have been hell of a lot better, um, but they, you know, they got the job done at the end of the day, and and in the end, it was comfortable. Um, doing it with three games to go. I mean, listen, I think when we went into the championship season, the fact that we you know Dundee were obviously touted as as our main contenders for the season, we blew them away. My six goals to two. You 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 think there and then that we're just going to carry on that way, and then I think our growth the following week probably brought us back down to earth a little bit. But again, 
still went and got the result. I think we, we've huffed and puffed at times this season, but then we've shown, I think, the potential that, that we have in the squad. And I think there will be games like that next season where it probably won't be easy on the eye. Um, it'll be a bit of a slugfest, but we'll probably have results where we, we do blow teams away. And I think that's kind of what Robbie Nielsen's teams are like. You know, like one week they can be excellent and you, know, you can be a team 5-6-0 and then the, the following week it could be 0-0 or you could be 2-0 or something. And uh, unfortunately, I think it's all about just trying to make sure that we get the, the 5 6 nils every week rather than the, you know, the, the, the dud nil nils away in Morton. So I think, uh, listen, it'll be a tough league because I think, you know, finally... The, the Premiership's probably as strongest that that, that has been for a, a long time. I think there's a lot of teams in there who are very experienced. Um, I mean, it just shows you what a few bad results can do in a league season and, and you know, suddenly you can find yourself battling relegation um, rather than battling for Europe. So I think it's important that we start well next season and we get a good League Cup uh, campaign under our belts. And we go from there. Um, but the summer will be key for us. I think it's it's all about the the recruitment and and whether or not we get the, the right level of player in because we you know the last thing the, the club needs is just to be you know continuing down this road of negativity. And the only thing and the only thing that I pray for right now is just that that lot didn't win the cup because that would just be an absolute you know that just would not help anybody's mood at the football club. I remember what happened in the last time, you know, when they won it. And that's that's when this all started, really, to be honest with you, this, this cycle um, of negativity under Robbie Nielsen's campaign. You know, a lot of people blame him for them winning the cup, justifiably, in my opinion. And, you know, you would, you'd probably point the same fingers at him again because of the fact that the way that we went out. Um, so it's important that, uh, you know, that we go into this season with a little bit of, positivity I think there'll still have to be a lot of changes at the club for that to happen um, primarily at boardroom level I think they'll have to be obviously they're, they're talking about handing the club over to the fans hopefully that does happen this season and uh, and you know we can make some signings that, that get people excited um, I think Hearts have got real opportunity this year because you know you, you do look at that the, there will be clubs who will be struggling financially. You know, we're in a pretty decent shape. Um, I think we there, there might be a few bargains that we can maybe go in and get there where normally clubs would hold you around. So I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you, you look at the premiership clubs and you look at kind of the standout players that you could potentially go and cherry pick. And obviously, Declan Gallagher is one that we've spoken about for a long time here. Um, for me, I think it would make a lot of sense for Hearts to go in and sign him. Um I think we would be able to to compete and 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 you know blow other teams in for his signature. But but the boy at St Mirren uh, is it Jamie McGrath? I'd uh, I'd I'd be I'd be sticking a half a million bid in for him because I think you know look at his goal scoring record this season. I know I know he scored a fair few penalties, but we struggle with penalty takers anyway. But he scored sixteen goals from midfield, you know, for a mid table club. And I think you know Fat Irvin will be leaving. You know, you obviously need to add add to that middle of the park. He's somebody that I would, I'd be going right in for. You know, because I mean, you've got to invest. You've got to invest, and that, that's that's been our problem. Is yeah, we, we we have spent a lot of money over the last few years, but we've just not sp- spent it wisely. And you've only got to look at other teams' models. Um, Celtics primarily was was the biggest one. You know, the the start of the kind of the, you know, sorry, 
to the Dyla reign and then obviously the Rogers reign and they they were going to invest in players, um, you know, like your Virgil Van Dykes, like your Wan Yamas, these sort of guys, and then they were going to sell them on for profits. Now I'm not saying that we're going to go in and go and sign Van Dykes and Wan Yamas, but you can look at players in this division, like a McGrath who scored 16 goals for St Mirren, go and spend 500,000. If he then comes into the team, replicates that type of type of performances and goals, you then sell him on for a, a hell of a lot of profit in a few years while getting good performances out of him at the time. Same with what Hibs have done with you know with John McGinn when when they signed him from St Mirren, you know they didn't spend that much money on him, but he was an established player, um, in in that St Mirren team, he was a talented player, and he, they've sold him on for four million. Likewise, uh, when well, I mean St Mirren again, you know Aberdeen went and signed Kenny McLean. I think they spent three hundred thousand on him. He's went away in Norwich, and and you know he he was a good servant for that club. So these are the sort of I think that's the sort of things that Hearts need to look at. You know, looking, yeah, look look at the markets down south. Joe Savage will be doing that, but also have a wee look at what's round about you. And, and you know, listen, I, I'm not for a minute saying that that St Mirren are our rivals, but they are a, a, a rival Premiership team. Therefore, by taking their kind of star man, you not only make yourself stronger, but you're weakening a, a, another side in the league. And that's how Celtic and Rangers have dominated Scottish football for so long. I think we've got to be in that market. Um, so th- these are the type of signings I'd like to see us do. Uh, I, I'd like to see us be in for these sort of players. And, uh, and I think it would definitely be going forward. I think it's the type of thing we should be doing. Realistically, though, do you, do you see us spending any money, Calvin? I mean, I know, Gordon, you, you talk about, and I'll give you a chance to come back in on this as well, but, Gordon, you talk about us spending £500,000. I mean, we've, we've not really spent a lot of money on players. A lot of them have been sort of free transfers. I know Mac and F came for a fee, but we've not spent anything near 500000 Is that something Hearts should be looking to do? I think, yeah, I mean, I think like, the sort of players Gordon's talking about that are established in, in the Premier League, then yeah, you should. I mean, whether we have the funds or not, I mean, we do. We, we've chucked loads of money about in recent years. Um, but like Gordon's saying, it's not necessarily spending it. I wouldn't think of it as a as an, an out-and-out spend. It's an investment. Like it's, it's your, your spend the money to generate money, either through improved performances, more ticket sales, higher lead positions, longer cup runs which you're making money out of anyway um, or I mean say, say we signed like that McGrath that Gordon's talking about and his goal's got us in our two positions in the league that's paid the you know that's likely paid his, his transfer fee off right away that's before you even get to the two years down the line when you sell him sell him a championship club down south for you know maybe a, a decent profit as well so it's not just you're not just spending money for the which is which is ironically something we've actually done is just spending money for the sake of spending money over recent years, um, where we've just chucked massive wages and sent sixteen players sixteen players a transfer window. Um, that is wasting money. That is just spending money for the sake. But these players you were never I mean half of them you were never going to get returned. Um, they've seen us in the championship, which has lost us even more money. Whereas if we maybe spent a bit more money on established Premier League players. I mean, I thought we were going to do that when we first got promoted because the first January window after we got promoted, we went and signed John Souter from Dundee United. He kind of fits into that mould, where that I reckon if he hadn't got injured, we likely would have sold him for quite a substantial, a substantial profit on what we paid for him. So these these sort of players are the, the ones we should be looking at. Hibs have done it quite a few times. Aberdeen have done it quite a few. Times. I think Aberdeen went through a phase of signing Inverness's best player every every summer for the three seasons. 
So again, they, over time, they weakened them on S, who for a while were challenging for Europe and challenging for cup competitions, and strengthened themselves and made themselves the dominant, at the time, second and then third team in the league for a decade, pretty much, by just cherry-picking the best players. And I know what we've done it, we're trying to get bargains as well. We can get players from down south. And, you know, you have to spend over the odds to get Scottish players in. But when you say spending over the odds, you anything that us offering, say, a player at St Mirren, a youth product from St Mirren, you tell me we double on his wage isn't going to be less than what we spent on us absolute duds. Yeah, and uh, that, that exactly. Calvin's basically just said uh, exactly everything I was saying there. I mean, you you look at the players that, that we have signed, like Glenn Whelan, like Lloyd Demure, um, Connor Salmon. You know the, these players that we've we've brought up from down south, and yes, they didn't cost a transfer fee. But you look at the money that they would have been on, and I'm willing to bet that they would be on five, six, seven thousand pounds a week. And they've played, I don't know, probably those three I've just mentioned there maybe played, I'd, I'd be willing to bet that none of them played more than, I think collectively more than 20 games for the football club. And, you know, Demure hasn't kicked the ball all year, um, yet he'll be on his full wage probably. And you look at the money that, that that's hemorrhaged from the football club compared to spending, you know, £500,000 on a player that, that you know you're going to get the best out of unless some freak injury happens, which wouldn't shock me with, with us. But um, realistically, you know you're, you know what you're getting from that player. You don't know what you're getting from a Lloyd Demure who's only played seven games for Cardiff before he comes up here. That, that's, that's, that's been our problem over the years. You know, we have spent money and, you know, you can look at it and go, well, you know, that's a, that hasn't cost any money. We haven't spent that money, but we have spent that money. That's the thing. We've spent on wages, waste of wages. And that's, that's been our issue. Um, like, like Calvin says, you know, he won't be on a, a big wage at St. Mirren. Realistically, what's the most they could pay him? Maybe two and a half grand a week. Hearts could blow that out of the water easily. And um, I think St. Mirren would be looking for a bit of money um, a transfer fee I you know I just think the issue is we've just got to go and pay those those transfer fees you know 500,000 for me I think is a, is a good price they might haggle a little bit more a little bit more and if they do good you expect that but pay that little bit more pay it in installments pay it on you know you know add things into the, the clauses you know make Hearts a really viable club to deal with uh, not a club that's going to get absolutely mugged off. And I think that's been our problem. You know, we've been too soft uh, for years. And this is not just before Budge came in. This was, you know, it's been hearts for, for 20, 30 years. Um, they've been mugged off in the transfer markets. And I think now we, we need to change that that policy um, and be one of the biggest sharks in the pool and and start, you know, cherry-picking players like, like I mentioned McGrath and things like that, you know, from a league that where you know that these guys are going to do well, just like the old firm have done for years. And then eventually, you know, like like Calvin says, he mentioned Aberdeen there. They've you know they they easily became the third force in in Scotland, and that's because us Hibs, you know, even Dundee United to a lesser extent, and Rangers obviously, um, have been sitting you know just absolutely self exploding for the last ten years, and you've allowed Aberdeen to go in and, and comfortably do that now. I'm an Aberdeen fan. I can understand probably why their fans got a bit fed up in the end in McInnes because they never went to the next level. You know, they never actually really won anything bar a League Cup during that period. You know, you and you look at St Johnston, for example, who 
or a club I think have the second lowest budget in the league could potentially win a double this season. And I think that's what, what frustrates people is the opportunity for football clubs to be successful in Scotland now is is a lot easier than it was 10, 15 years ago when you had really, really top Celtic and Rangers teams. Celtic and Rangers can't spend the type of money that they used to do um, because quite simply Europe and particularly England, um, you know, the, the money that they flash about means that they can't do it anymore. So they themselves are already, you know, are already kind of picking from a smaller pool themselves. So I think that the gap there, if, if you're prepared to kind of do it wisely, is, is there for you. And I think Hearts, you know, we're looking at the money that we've actually spent over the, the certainly the last five years anyway, um, it frustrates you because there's a real opportunity for Hearts to actually do something. And I think now let's just, you know, let's draw a line and, and try and move forward and as a football club. And, you you know, you hope that, that Joe Savage can, can be the guy who, you know, has, has got his head screwed on right and he can maybe, you know, see these things and make these types of decisions. Um, you just you just hope that's the case um, or we'll just be going round and round in circles and it's, it's, it's just, it just frustrates you. It really does. Looking ahead to next season, obviously we'll... We're going to look at this in the next couple of weeks when we do our end of season review, um, where we talk about the whole season um, and the future as well. So hopefully you'll be able to join us for that. Um, but for that, we're going to pick. We're looking to pick a player of the year from the harsh view. I mean, the idea is basically we all give one nominee and we can talk about it in the. Um, the final show, so the, the review show. Gordon, who's your player of the year for this year? We can chat about it um, to your heart's, your heart's content. Um, well, I think realistically, there's probably only two that, that you could maybe give it to. Um, but I think there's a host of others that you could maybe throw their names in, in the hat. Um, for me, I think the obvious choice would be Craig Gordon, but I'm, I'm going to go for Liam Boyce. Um, I backed Boyce the majority of the season, and, and for me, he's... He has delivered, I think, you know. I mean, looking at some of the, the opportunities that he's, he's maybe, uh, you know, missed and, and, you know, the post and things like that, he's been unlucky. He, he probably should be on at least 25. But I think he, he's, he's had a pretty good goal-scoring return, particularly for the amount of league games. You know, it's only been 27 league games. You know, if that's a full 38 campaign, I think there's absolutely no doubt he hits well over 20 goals. So, um, for me, it's Liam Boyce. I think without his goals... Uh, we would certainly have been struggling, particularly when the, there was a, a large part of the season where he just had to play up front by himself. Um, so I think, but hopefully going forward, they can get a partner for him and, and we can get even more goals in the top flight for him. But yeah, for me, I think uh, I think it's, it's, it's going to be Liam Boyce. Oh, from a personal point of view, I'm just going to echo what you said. Boyce has, has been brilliant this season, but I think I'm going to go for Craig Gordon for my nominee, because he has to be in there. I mean, he saved us on numerous occasions this season. I mean, without him, if you had a Joe Pereira in goals, you know, some of the games that we drew or, or won, we probably would have lost. So I think Craig Gordon has to be in there. Obviously, we'll talk about this in the review show. Um, so, Boyce and Gordon, Calvin, have, have you got any idea who you're going to nominate? I've been done dirty here, I am. Chucked down the last, there's only two options. Uh, I don't know. Um, Gordon would have been my, my nomination. I think he's been superb. There's 
I think if he'd stayed the full season, actually, I mean, well, the, the other obvious choice would be um, Josh Janelli. But I don't know, can we nominate somebody who's really only played a small fraction of the season? Um, is that you allowed? can nominate anybody you like, Calvin. Any anybody I want. But, uh, I, I would, I would, I would say, I would say this. We, we all know who Spencer's going to nominate, so we can have a laugh about that. Yeah. When we do the, the show. Um, but you can pick anybody. He, nah, I'm not I mean, having that. There's, there's no danger. Christoph Pera is, is being nominated. I'm not having it. I'm, I'm just not. Nominated. I'm not tempting fate in what Spencer's going to pick. We don't well, know. No, but I'll be, I'll be Henderson. Watch this. Uh, this is, this is new pal. Him or Walker. One of the two. And Andy Hardy. Can we go? Andy <laughs> Hardy. I think he's been one of the most improved players in recent weeks since he switched that left wing back role. Scored a few important goals. I, um, I absolutely agree with you, Calvin. I absolutely can I change my mind? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, I, I 100% mate, he's been an ever stay in the team. I think that's a really yeah. good nomination. Well done, yeah. How are they all? Like I say, I'm probably going to go with I'll go with Janelli. I think, I think Janelli's he, he came on that cup final, changed the game for us. Um, I'm lucky not to win it, obviously. I think if he had not been injured, I think he probably would have been in the same discussion as Boyce and Gordon. And I think he, he was he's been a superb player whenever he's. Whenever he's played, which is unfortunately for him and does not not quite enough. Another another one who I think if he'd stayed the full season potentially could have been Ollie Lee. I think he had some very very good games before he left in January. I think we've actually massively missed him and some of his creativity. I think this way I, I wouldn't have kept him going to next season, but I think the level we we're playing at, I think he was he was quite enjoying his football and he was he was having some pretty decent games. But I'm going to stick with well, my first choice. And I'm going to put Josh Janelli down as my he, my nomination. He, 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 Ollie Lee was actually the top kind of assister, wasn't he, before he before he left? I think he was top of the assist charts. Andy Irvin's another one that you could probably throw in there, but I think because he's not signing the deal, he's been off. The, he's been off the boil since the contract. Uh, if, if, if we've been having this discussion in January or February, I'll probably put Irvin in there. But I think since yeah. since then he's been he's he's not. Well, I think his head's been turned. He's I get he's young, and I, I get that like that it's going to mess me a bit his age, having all this stuff going on in the background, but. I mean, I've raved about Irvin for, for weeks. It's just, yeah, I, I think he's not been consistent enough. Yeah, I mean, again, I've not known a guy who's not played since January, but on the performances we've seen, he was um, he was definitely a good player. It's quite, it's quite yeah, a telling thing when you've got a season where you've won the league at a relative canter, and we're literally sitting talking about the goalkeeper as the obvious choice, <laughs> and maybe, maybe the centre forward and maybe else, and a boy who's been injured for for six out of the nine months of the season. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I, I, absolutely. So, so no Andy Halliday then? Well, uh, can can we put him in as a wild card choice? Yeah. <laughs> I got this to is the MLS. This is the Hearts review. I can't just give you a wild card. Well, D- David's not here, so I think I personally for David's. David's I think, choice, I, think you, I think you'd be David's choice. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to ask David and Spencer both their choices. I know, I know, I think Spencer's one of three, as you say. Um, we'll no, ask Sp- David. Spencer's, I mean, really, Spencer shouldn't be allowed to pick one because he's delusional. No, so, because therefore, Andy, Andy Halliday should technically be his pick. Well, if Andy Halliday was such a big pick, you should have picked him, Gordon. No, but listen, I've got it back, my boy, Liam Boyce. You know what I mean? I've defended yeah. him from the, from the very start of the season. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll change mine. I'll change mine to Andy Halliday and I'll come up with a. 
a good argument why she'd won it between now and the, the end of season review. I'll pull some stats together to prove that he's in the, the linchpin that's got this team over the finishing line. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You can argue that you saying Josh Janelli, I mean, how many games has Josh Janelli actually played this season? Yeah, that's a point. Below six. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> but he's good in those six. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking to his voice, still like the third time goal scorer or something. Wouldn't shock me. Because Brian, Brian Boyce, I mean, I mean, you can make an argument for Walker, but. No, you can. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm if the play, player of the year to come off the bench, then uh, absolutely, I think back Jamie Walker every day of the week. Because he's probably been our most. I mean, we could maybe, maybe hand out a prize of most influential player from the bench. Then you know he he wins it. Um, well, that's the end of the show. Thank you both for uh, joining me this week. Um, as I said, we will be back not next week, but the next again week to um, talk over this season. Um, what a wonderful campaign it's been! Um, at least we're we're back, and we don't have to talk about the championship again. So that's great. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>